Hi, I'm Akshaya from the Ken's podcast team. I'm a new co-host alongside Sneha and Shrivar for Costa Company, the Ken's careers and workplaces podcast. On Costa Company, we ask deep questions about modern Indian workplaces and get answers through solid reporting. Well, I've just moved to the Ken's office in Bangalore from Chennai, a place I call home. Previously, I worked at the Hindu Business Line and covered careers, startups and education. while simultaneously hosting and producing episodes for their flagship podcast if you are someone who's interested to contribute to ctc have some ideas or thoughts to share hit me up all my socials are linked in the show notes this is new i'm still getting a hang of things but i'm super excited to be doing this so once in a while you will also hear from me about how your workplace is changing before you hear it on slack For my first episode, I wanted to base it on a blockbuster Ken story by Vanita Bhatnagar, which broke the internet a few weeks back. A CA and an MBA walk into a boardroom. Who emerges as CFO? This piece caused a lot of chatter online and some very polarizing debates. I wanted to understand why. I wanted to know if there existed a middle ground. And what I found out about CFOs of today from CFOs themselves matters to everyone and not just CEOs and MBAs let's dive right in this is cost a company MBAs love them or hate them but you can't ignore them they're ubiquitous on linkedin and in real life mba degrees are so popular that there are now non mba mbas in the running for top jobs with fancy pay packages In fact, nothing says you've arrived more than when the biggest businessman of our times trash talks your future. Remember Elon Musk complaining about too many MBAs? I think there might be too many MBAs uh running companies. Um there's the MBAization of America, which I think is maybe not that great. Over the years, they have taken over every business vertical that there is. general management sales and marketing growth and strategy human resources and even product and technology name it and they've been there done that but there was one bastion that remained unconquered by the mbas for the longest one last holdout hardcore finance sitting at the apex of this pristine castle were the chartered accountants crunching numbers and calling the shots out of reach and beyond attack or at least so they thought compliance used to be the mode for cas you see but companies today need finance chiefs to see more than just the account books they prefer proactive risk analysis strategy and financial planning so the generalist mbas with microscope in one eye and telescope in the other are looking more and more attractive for the job i'm here to tell you that the mba army has arrived at the cfo gates The attack is real and is from all sides on curriculum on relevance and on pay packages. Will the accounting purists be able to hold the fort and defend themselves against the mighty army of MBAs? Over the course of making this episode, I spoke to the best and the brightest CFOs of our country, especially the ones who have done both an MBA and a CA. I asked them about why they made the decisions they made. what benefited them the most is the silent battle between board disciplines getting louder and louder we will find out 
This is Costa Company, the Ken's weekly podcast about work in workplaces, and I am your new host, Akshaya. An MBA is probably the most popular educational product out there. But how did it achieve this celebrity status? During uncertain times in the economy, people always turn to a B-school for refuge. Largely, its success can be attributed to its widespread acceptance by employers and the almost assured return on investment. The MBAs seem to know something about everything. While some argue that it lacks the depth, others believe that the very same thing lends it the versatility it needs. The CE education, on the other hand, has a razor-sharp focus and provides in-depth knowledge of accounting, taxation, auditing, corporate loss, and many such subjects. Detail-oriented, immersive learning and systematic in its approach. CA exams are highly competitive, merit-based, and the pass percentages are extremely low. Child accountants are in fact trained to occupy top finance positions in leading companies. So what exactly changed? Why do chartered accountants now have to compete with MBAs for CFO roles? I spoke to Ruchit Agarwal, the co-founder and chief financial officer at Cars24. A CA rank holder and an MBA from Cornell, he comes with rich pedigree and having experienced the best of both worlds. For Ruchit, like many others, the path to becoming a CA was filled with blood, sweat and tears. It was no easy feat cracking the CA final exam, especially with the minimal exposure he had growing up in Agra. But he made it. And as a freshly minted CA, for his first job, he packed his dreams and aspirations and moved to Bengaluru to join Infosys Technologies as a financial analyst. In 2004, jumping to Infosys, Infosys was a bellwether company, one of the largest in, in India, and their campus was just extremely beautiful. And that's when I think what happened to me, my mind connected the dots that all the hard work that I did getting a rank led me to this. And that you realize that is yielding some fruit that's when you realize, okay, hard work actually pays off. It doesn't go down the drain, right? That was Ruchit, looking back on the first milestone of his career. Ruchit was a top performer at Infosys. With his sound technical skills, he flourished at the company and was all set to climb the corporate ladder. But he encountered one major problem that his CA training hadn't prepared him for. In Bangalore, I realized that I'm an imbecile when it comes to communication. Why? I had all these South Indian folks from Tamil Nadu, from Karnataka, from Kerala, from Andhra. They're speaking multiple languages. Their English is super sharp. I come from Agra with a slang. I'm using English. So I realized, look, I am probably need to step up a bit. Rank, right? Wasab didn't matter once you get a job, right? It was just a qualifier. But there are people who had no ranks, but they were able to articulate so much better. So I understand the technicals behind it, 
but i'm it's so complex i'm unable to articulate to a let's say a layman like you who's a non ca right and this is where i started kind of realizing that something has to be done to fix it ruchit's first job was a massive reality check it made him understand that communication skills are paramount for his long term success and he noticed the special cohort of people at infosys who did that very well the mbas i started realizing look when you interacted with some mbas in infosys they were just massive better articulators gradually my understanding became that look i have a in depth understanding of accounting taxation and all the good gory stuff unfortunately i don't have the breadth i have depth but not the width and therefore and i see an mba he you know and look all these are sa- sample biases because the two people that you meet you start generalizing looking at them and thankfully infosys had a great great sort of talent pool so you you see the best of the best essentially right so those become role model for you in life so i saw them that look how is it that he's a non ca but he talks to me for half an hour then he articulates to the cfo in 2 minutes what i can't articulate in 15 minutes why because he's just a habit of just finding the crux of the thing and able to articulate so that kind of started motivating me towards thinking of is this a skill set that i should build now mind you in those years cnc had just basically started a you know a communication class which was mandatory right after qualifying but it was just a 15 day course right versus ca mba is essentially a two year management course where you are articulating all the time perhaps so i kind of thought maybe that becomes very relevant for me i brainstormed and you know discussed with a few super senior folks at infosys genuinely if you can guide me what's the right career path and they encouraged me to think about it they said look you are technically sound um and this is the time to build those skill set because you're still young at 30 40 you won't do anything right you will be thinking of family and and whatever else right so i figured why not and so put in a little bit of effort got into uh, cornell university us an mba was a game changer for ruchit it made him a well-rounded professional and that is probably the beauty of you know mba versus ca ca is a lot more about technical aspects and going super deep into that like the pinnacle of understanding how taxations work right but mba is a little more broad based it's it's saying look i'll solve for width i'll solve for breadth you learn a little bit about a lot of subjects like i in my life had never un- attended a marketing class and you're suddenly doing marketing class right uh, in cornell i also got to take a wine class how to drink wine how to assess what is a good wine now these are skills that you can't even imagine in india right so it helped me develop more people friendly and you know be able to articulate things um and then this kind of in hindsight it helps me think better as a how to make better decisions so i i'm able to look at technical aspects of things but then i'm able to look at the people aspect of things you know the future aspects what could potentially go wrong what could potentially go right so mba helped me kind of you know leverage my ca skills but help me build this ancillary skills which together becomes a a good package in my mind ruchit pursued an mba right after his first job but take the case of payu's chief financial officer arvind agarwal also a chartered accountant he felt the need to do an mba 20 years into his career 
He signed up for a senior management program at IIM Ahmedabad in 2019. I know what you're thinking and I asked him why. So in fact, um, I did uh, MBA uh, after 20 years being in career. And, uh, you know, I was like uh, left end of uh, CFO at Vodafone, which was and managing almost $20 billion balance sheet as a financial controller. And then I was like right hand man of CFO at Amazon, where I was managing a P&L size of almost $10 billion plus. Right? So very large roles. And I think I did excel in a functional domain. But then I realized that I needed to traverse towards leadership role like a CFO. And that would require me to upskill myself and have broader thinking and uh, general management skills. That's why I chose MBA and I chose Premier Institute, IIM Ahmedabad. It was certainly a wise decision uh, because um, you know I got oriented into let's say marketing, strategy, operation excellence, and many such subjects which are very important to build yourself uh, like a strategic finance partner. I'm glad I did that. Probably I should have done that earlier. If you listen closely, you'll see that Arvind's decision to do an MBA came from a deep understanding of what a CFO role requires. That is, to be a conscience keeper and a strategic business partner, to be responsible for the company's bottom line and an enabler of steady growth, to efficiently run financial functions within the company and be the spokesperson of the company to investors and stakeholders outside the company. So CFOs today are straddling the borders of both business and finance, and sometimes more business than finance. So while you know I excelled on the functional domain, and uh, I wanted to be a CFO, and when you become CFO, you are uh, actually an organization level leader, not just a functional expert. So you need to think beyond functional silos, and MBA helped me to think uh, much broader. uh like a organizational perspective customer backward thinking you know the marketing skills the strategy aspects so all of these are very important uh skills that you need to influence other leaders in the organization to be able to drive the desired outcome so cfo is not just a functional expert but is also a leader uh, working very closely with the ceo so general management skills are super important at that level abhishek gupta is the chief financial officer at oyo He's also a CA rank holder and an MBA from ISP Hyderabad. But unlike everyone I had spoken to before, he was of the view that the dichotomy between CAs and MBAs was overrated. There's a lot of stereotype attached to that a CA person will be like this, you know, uh, boring, big glasses and talk about taxes all the time. A CA person will always be, uh, you know, outgoing and uh, will be doing presentations. I think that is overrated. uh and uh, you would see uh, uh some of the uh, uh uh cas handle most complex of debates along with five iitns in the room uh and drawing uh, tech cohorts and and customer repeat rates and at the same time uh, you can you will see mbas who are into the lowest last level detail of uh you know taxes uh for a particular business problem right so i think that stereotype is a little bit overrated uh and uh, it is um the the function itself is much more rounded now a finance function because you're expected to do more and therefore uh it is uh, not a particular qualification that really matters but how what are the experiences that you get in your armory uh that make you a more more well rounded professional 
Not all CAs is Abhishek's defense. Not all CAs are boring, not all CAs descend into pedantry with taxes, and not all CAs are single-mindedly focused on finances and oblivious to business aspects. So, why then did he decide to do an MBA? I know what you're thinking. I asked him. So I was, you know, with GE, I was working in the US and I wanted to come back to India. Uh, and uh, uh, I did not have a lot of network in India because I had uh, not worked in India for a while. Uh, and uh, and I did my, I come from Ludhiana and most of my CA friends and colleagues were um, back in Ludhiana. So I thought that uh, one of the things that MBA could help me with is uh, finding a local network uh, in India. Uh, besides learning more about subjects that I've never uh, you know, learned about, which is things like marketing or competitive strategy. Uh, so, um, and ISB had a great uh, name at that point of time. It still does. So, uh, so I thought uh, uh, I, when I got the opportunity, I, I grabbed it with both hands. Finding a local network is what drew Abhishek to an MBA. Despite pursuing both MBA and CA, he believes a degree does not determine your path. Personal ambition and the willingness to experiment with different roles is what does. I don't think that um, uh, no education per se is complete, um, you know, in its own, whether it is CA or it is MBA. I think uh, it is just one of the first layers of your uh, skill set. And then you identify uh, most of the learning that actually happens, uh, happens in the work environment. And uh, I would say the most important part of uh, building your career early on uh, is to try different things. Abhishek has a point because there is still a sizable number of CAs occupying CFO roles and fighting back against the MBA invasion. But my question is, for how much longer? For how much longer will the CAs be able to hold the castle? Pharmacies in India have been fighting a long, drawn-out battle. On one hand, there's the offline pharmacies and on the other, the lack of government regulations. It's been almost a decade now. There have been protests, dharnas, strikes, chemists have called for nationwide shutdowns of medical stores, statues and effigies have been burnt, even death threats have been sent over the matter. But why? You see, just like most things that were born out of the internet, E-pharmacies too came into the picture much before there were laws put in place to regulate them. Most came up around 2014 to 2015 and they slowly began to grow. Until the day, the hundreds of thousands of small and big offline pharmacies that they were hoping to disrupt finally saw them as their enemy. This was the time when sector after sector was collapsing under the onslaught of e-commerce. Offline or traditional pharmacies, of course, did not want to be one of them. So they lobbied hard against them and used threats of shutdown. And the lack of proper regulations was not helping the situation, which even after all these years is more or less the same. But there's no denying the fact that e-pharmacies are convenient. If I feel sick, then I don't want to go to a medical store to buy medicines. I would obviously want them delivered to my doorstep. And the pandemic only highlighted this. So can the government ban them? Hmm, it's unlikely. 
At least this is what officials from the health ministry seem to have indicated in a meeting in Goa last week. This is coming just two months after some of the most leading e-pharmacies in the country, including 1MG, Apollo and Amazon and the likes, were sent a show-cause notice by the government. So in the latest episode of my podcast, Daybreak, I tell you all about how e-pharmacies in India are surviving, but they're still living on the edge. You will find the podcast on Spotify, Apple and all other podcast platforms. I am Snigdha, by the way, from the Ken's podcast team. Thank you for listening and now back to Akshaya. Uh, when we necessarily uh, make a JD for a CFO, CFO role and uh, uh, go for uh, the biggest pool available, which is qualified chartered accountants, seldom are we able to get or pin down the right executive because of what the education is enabling on the what the business uh, leaders are asking for. There is a slight disconnect in terms of demands from the role of the individual, right? That's Siddharth Verma. He's a talent specialist at Exfino, a specialist staffing firm. Through his years of experience in the business of executive search consultancy, he has keenly observed how hiring decisions regarding CFOs are made. While he acknowledges there exists a problem, he believes the hard boundaries between both disciplines need to be blurred. So I asked him, should the CA degree become more MBA-ish? Or should an MBA degree become more CA-like? Both the cases are possible. That is, a chartered accountant course will have to become more business-centric rather than accounting-centric. That's the first. Second, MBAs can have more courses which will uh, require uh, delving deep into the accounting world. But I see the first one more likely. The second one is more deeply because learning accounting uh, requires more deep work, more focused study and a longer period of time. So MBAs with the, uh, let's say about a 16 to 22 months of average tenures, which they have keeping the internships aside, it's a lot more difficult to bring in the nitty gritties of accounting. They may learn accounting packages for sure. But uh, it's, it's uh, from my, uh, as a layman, uh, it's, it's more difficult to arrive in that less than two year period with an expertise uh, to learn. But I think what you need to take away from a CA course and bring into the, the certain key uh, modules of uh, accountancy, which are more insightful rather than uh, making entries and understanding ledgers. There's a different uh, fun to doing it yourself and uh, growing up the ladder and learning the whole function. You are more, a lot more clear. You can pick out the moment you see a book, you can pick out the error uh, if you are a deep accountant. But uh, I think from a decision-making perspective and opportunities out identification, the purpose for which the MBA courses are crafted out, the way you launch yourself as a management trainee, the toolkit with which you're working, the variety of uh, understandings in uh, areas of human resource, marketing, finance, digital, analytics. Uh, I think it is just one of the tools in the toolkit. So uh, this can be sharpened, but it cannot gain complete depth of accountancy, uh, you know, which is which we are talking about. On the other hand, yeah, CS can be made more attractive uh, in terms of uh, an add-on module. Maybe the last semester being in campus, such creative ideas can be deployed. It may require or invite additional costs and uh, campuses being available or they being given an exposure in the existing B schools to specialize in the last six months. Several creative uh, avenues are possible to make it work. Yeah, but in the future, a confluence of the two uh, is inevitable and it has to happen to shape up the CFOs of the future world. Over the last couple of years, 
businesses around the world have become extremely complex. COVID has only made it more complicated. While chartered accountants are still so highly sought after for their skills in financial management, they're also expected to show up in more ways than one to command top CFO roles. Which requires business acumen that Payus Arvind talked about, communication skills and people management skills that Cars24's Ruchit talked about, and an alumni network to rely on as Oyo's Abhishek Gupta does. To achieve what Siddharth is suggesting, the attackers outside the castle, MBAs, and the defenders inside, chartered accountants, may have to reach a trade truce. They may have to create more value for both parties through traits of mutually beneficial skills. Well, whether or not you think this is possible, even I don't know if this is possible, simply advertising the fact that you are looking for a win-win situation may be half the battle here. While both groups have always been historically pitted against one another, simply acknowledging that there exists a middle ground is refreshing to hear. This episode of Cost to Company was written, hosted and produced by Akshaya Chandrasekharan with audio engineering by Rajiv C.N. I'm your other host, Sneha Vakharia. And next week, I'm going to set out with a question, which is, how do you know if your business is in wartime? Next Tuesday on Cost to Company.